0: I'm always just a highly competitive person. I always want to win. That's my mindset toward everything in life. I just had it in me that I wanted to. So I would try to emulate these people. You know, you have to have, as you say, that burning desire in you that you want to make it happen. You want to do it and you believe that you should and could. There was nobody that I trusted that said, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. It's going to get better. You know, and I realized the importance of that You know, that's why I believe in coaching, because I believe that it's an area that people need. And when somebody believes in the system, they end up doing the work. You're going to you're going to approach it with 100 percent effort, 100 percent enthusiasm, like the energy is there. Everything is there. Like You have to have skin in the game. You have to have something to lose. And even if it's a blow to your ego, you need to have that to lose because that's going to ignite you. There's always times where I got to correct myself in life, because naturally we want to revert to being comfortable. We want to revert to having an easy life. So you're not going all in. Like you have to be all in with everything that you do.
1: Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Balou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom and make your fortune. Each week we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by ecircleacademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have a very special guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is one of my GOAT, greatest of all time mentors, this is the man who this year helped me go from fat to fit, helped me go from feeling like it was impossible for me to recapture the energy and strength and frankly, aesthetic beauty of my youth to knowing that it can be done and will be done for the rest of my life. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Ammer, the Hammer Camera. Welcome to the show, Ammer.
0: Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate the warm welcome. Um, thank you for having me as well.
1: Um, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here, my brother. So, Amr, tell us your backstory because people that listen to this show, they want to learn from you, but before they can really open up, they need to get to know you. So, tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Amr the Hammer?
0: Sure, yeah. Um, right now, I'll explain a little bit about where I am in my, my life and my business, and then I can work back from there. So, you know, I own a, several fitness companies, online, in-person gyms, things like that. Um, you know, we work with thousands of people around the world. Primarily myself, I work with fitness competitors, athletes, people that are competing at a very high level. Um, so I'm, that's the, the, the primary base of my personal business of who I coach, but I have businesses that work with uh, predominantly lifestyle clients, men and women. Um, and I got to this point really, uh, you know, I, I was a competitor myself, I was competing for years, I was an athlete prior to that. Um, and I'm always just a highly competitive person, I always want to win, that's my mindset toward everything in life. Um, you know, as long as I'm alive, I'm, I'm grateful to be alive and I want an opportunity to do the best I can and maximize every single day. So, you know, what better way than to challenge yourself? And that's how I approach life. So anything that I do, I want to do to win, uh, whether it's business or working with clients to get in the best shape or athletes to turn pro. Um, you know, so that started that competitiveness started as a as an athlete. You know, I played football. I wrestled. Um, and then when I finished doing those things, I, I, you know, I reached a point where I didn't have, you know, an outlet, so to speak. Right. I think that I have a little bit more aggression naturally. I have a little bit more of that enthusiasm for life, especially when I'm working towards something. And then I transitioned that into being a competitor at the age of 18. I was doing bodybuilding competitions. I turned pro as the youngest world, uh, in the world when I was 21 years old, you know, I did all these things, getting on magazine covers and whatnot. And then that slowly transitioned to me creating a business naturally it happened organically I didn't really intend to people just naturally came to me because they saw what I was able to do myself um, as a competitor and you know they wanted that and I think that I just naturally grew a business um, as I said unintentionally you know I was there was no money on the table initially so I was just being as honest as I possibly could with people You know, and I had nothing to lose. There was no consequence for losing a client since they weren't paying me to begin with. Right. I would end up saying, "Ah, you look like garbage. You got to get better. You're not good enough. You know, and and the, the opposite actually happened. People wanted to work with me more because they were getting the truth. Right. And so I ended up building a business because of that. Um, and then here we are today. So I have three primary businesses. One is hammer fitness. One is man, the F up one is lady, the F up. Obviously we have like lateral aspects of these businesses, you know, where we teach people things and coach people to be coaches and things like that. But the primary base of what I do is that, um, you know, to, to, to go a little bit deeper uh, as to how I got to that point with competing and, you know, just being an athlete in life, um, I was uh, you know i'm I was raised primarily by a single mother i was um, I'm lebanese so you know I, I grew up with a mom that didn't you no know, she spoke English but she wasn't exceptional at writing and things like that so I think that the reason I bring that up you know I grew up in a lower socioeconomic area and I think those things sort of form my personality largely you know I think that I had a lot to prove in life I had a lot to prove to myself I had a lot to prove to others I wouldn't necessarily say I was bullied you know so to speak but I think that I was um, Im- I was a little bit embarrassed in life because I was different, you know, and, you know, from things like my name, and when they would pronounce my name wrong, and people would laugh and all these little things. And I think that I always felt like I was a little bit um, of an underdog, you know, growing up in school, and, and, and I would use um, sports, and I would use athletics to really express that, and, and to put everything into that. I had a lot of limiting beliefs, you know, when I was growing up, I would say, um, one of those limiting beliefs, for example, was that like, I couldn't I thought that I couldn't read well, you know, I thought that my English sucked. And that was largely because, you know, every time that I was supposed to read, you know, in class, let's say they would call my name and, you know, like if it was a supply teacher or whatnot, they'd call my name and they'd call they'd say it wrong. And then people would laugh at me. So I think that like created a lot of anxiety within me. So like when I was now they call my name wrong, everyone's laughing. And then I got to speak and read out loud. I was anxious about it. I was nervous about it. I was embarrassed. So I couldn't naturally do it. And I think that so I had all these like limiting beliefs as I was growing up that I that I had to break and that I had to reconstruct my personality and my identity um, because I just went through the world not really knowing who I was. But thankfully, I used athletics as, a, as an outlet, you know, wrestling, football. I played for Toronto Thunder, um, you know, and I, I used it as an outlet. And I think because it was – they weren't my weaknesses, you know, it wasn't like, uh, academics. So I, I naturally excelled in these things. And I think that's where I started to really build my personality and my confidence. And then I learned how to obviously the the skills and the steps of how to hone your personality and, and, and you yourself as a person that you can do anything that you want. Right.
1: Wow. That is, uh, that is a heck of a story. And I want to unpack some of the things that you just shared. So You know, it never ceases to amaze me that so many of the most successful people that I meet come from humble beginnings. They come from, as you put it, a lower socioeconomic area that they they lived in. And something inside them was burning that I'm more, I can be more, I can do more, I can have more, I am more. And I want to prove it first and foremost to myself and then to the rest of the world. And in fact, it's the first and foremost to myself. That's the most important part of who you want to prove it to. If the rest of the world gets it good for them, if they don't get it, oh well too bad. Right. But you want to look yourself in the eye and go, yeah, man, I I mean something and I matter. And to me, successful people at some level, all of them have some aspect of that driving them. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I always felt it. You know, it wasn't something that I had to train myself to, 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 to believe or, or think in that way. And I think, you know, I don't know if this is nature or nurture, really. I think that, you know, one thing my mom was exceptional at was teaching me that I could do anything. Right. So as much as maybe I was beat down in certain areas and I was uh, behind in certain areas or starting at a disadvantage or handicapped in certain areas, I never had that limiting belief of like that I could do it if I really wanted to. You know, I always believe like my mom always repeated something to me, which is like you can do anything you want. And I think that little bit of reassurance, that little bit of, uh, you know, you can even say validation or or, or confidence that somebody instills in you at a young age makes you really believe that it is possible if I want to do it. So I think that naturally growing up I always I didn't know how I didn't have the tools but I knew that I wanted to and I knew that I should and I knew that I'm destined to you know like uh, I would run track and I would win you know everything all the time and I didn't know how to run, but like, I I look at some pictures sometimes and I can see my running mechanics were pretty good for a seven or an eight year old, you know? So I would like watch the Olympics on TV and I would like pretend to be those people and I would visualize it even at a young age. It wasn't something, no one taught me about visualization in in 1993. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't (laughs) really a thing on TV. I think that there were like books or things like that you can buy at that time, but I just had it in me that I wanted to. So I would try to emulate these people. And I think that, you know, you have to have, as you say, that burning desire in you that you want to make it happen. You want to do it and you believe that you should and could.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. You know, you touched on something else right now, which is fundamental to what I believe allows someone to be successful. You said my mom would tell me you can do anything you want. And that little bit of validation, that little bit of encouragement was all that I needed. To keep me going. So it's my belief, Ammer, that every human being needs at least one person at one point to believe in them. Somebody who can look them in the eye in the moments they have doubts. Because we all have doubts. Anyone who pretends they've never had a doubt is full of it, right? They're really full of it. We've all had doubts. They got to look you in the eye and say, Ammer, I believe in you. You have what it takes. All you need to do is keep going. So keep going. Believe in it. And it's my belief that that is the first fundamental thing everyone needs is that external validation to to wash away the doubt. And what are your thoughts on that? Because it seems this was key to your success.
0: Yeah, I agree fully with that. And I think that the reason why the world thinks the opposite is because we see these memes and these posts and content where it's like, You know, nobody needs to believe in you and no, you believe you just got to believe in you. And I I disagree with that. I do think that you need that. And even from my own experience going through something, you know, more in recent years, I was, you know, I had a severe back injury and I went to to so many doctors and there were no real answers. They were guiding me, but there was no real, like, I I didn't understand why I still felt so unsure and uncertain. And then there was one doctor that said, like, don't worry, everything is going to be okay. And just hearing that from someone you trust. Okay. Because obviously they're an authority. Like I trusted it. I realized that was everything I needed to hear when I was going through all of that, all that uncertainty, all that doubt, because that's what was really making me feel poor about myself and and discouraged and and worried about all this. It's like I didn't have there was nobody that I trusted that said everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. It's going to get better. You know, and I realized the importance of that when I was in a place of being vulnerable. And I think that every single person needs it, whether it's I believe in you that you can start your business. I believe in you that you can get in shape. I believe in you that you can win this pro card. It's like, you know, that's why I believe in coaching. I'm not, I'm not I don't have a coaching business because I believe there's money to be made. I have a coaching business because I believe that it's an area that people need and it's an area that's going to help people with their lives. Right. And I think when I, um, you know, I, I tell my employees all the time, like you are just as important in the equation of the client getting in shape as they are like you it's it, it's a team effort and when someone believes that they're also doing it for you they're going to work a lot harder the, the, there's a common denominator amongst the people i turn pro and almost always the people that turn pro say one thing to me it's like i want to do this for you whereas the people that never get there are the ones that say i can't wait to turn pro i want to like it's all about them me 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 but the people yeah, that so turn pro are always the ones that say and they visualize it they say I want to turn pro so I can see your face, how you look when I turn pro. Like, I want to see you happy. I want to do it for you. And those people almost always end up turning
1: pro. That's really, really insightful. And I got to say, a big part of the work that I do professionally in working with clients is to talk about the importance of someone loving on them and believing in them and taking them through and i'll 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 speak about my own story and my journey with you this year i spoke to you on february 2nd of this year of 2023 and when i called you i i had been connected with you on social media but we've never met right we've exchanged a few messages here and there over the years but nothing really serious but i i had made a um, a decision that morning that I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm 55 years old. I used to be a very fit man, one of the fittest men around. And then I got fat and I've been telling myself for a dozen years, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year and nothing worked. And I saw um, a post you had on Facebook of a man who was older than me and who was fatter than me when he started with you. So it was before picture and his after picture, he looked like. He just won a competition. He looked like, holy shit. So I'm looking at this dude and I'm going, okay, if this guy can help this fellow get in shape, he can help me. And the decision that I made in that moment was, first of all, I told myself, Nikki, you can tell yourself all you want. You used to be a fitness coach. Used to be is the operative phrase. You're not one anymore. Okay. So it's not what you do anymore. Used to be. And you need someone who is who you were, not who you are right now. And so I called you and when we spoke, I remember I only asked you two questions. And, and Number one is I asked you if you thought a man my age could do it. And you said, absolutely. And then I asked you if you thought I could do it. And you said, absolutely. And, and then I said, how long do you think it'll take? And you said, well, look, uh, on the fastest uh, front, it'll be three months but really it'll probably take you six months to a year. So you got to like, and I said, okay. And then I remember I told you I'm in, I'm just like that, I'm in. And then after that, I said, Amber, I guess you better tell me what you charge because I don't even know what you charge, right? Like, but the decision, the decision to come in was because I trusted you. You made me believe in that moment that all the lies, all the doubt that had me not succeed were irrelevant. And within six months, I dropped 58 pounds. Now I'm on my, on my way back up because we're trying to put some muscle on me because I got, I got so skinny, I had no... <laughs> I mean, people were looking at me, it was, it was funny, but it was fundamental to my success to have you to believe in me. And for me to go, yeah, man, I'm gonna show this guy that he, he picked a good client. So both of those were important. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think even to take that a step further, because those are very good points, it's fundamental for me that I have to be consistent in what I do for you to get to that point where you can trust what I say. Right. And that's why I'm hard on myself. Like if I, if I, if, you know, for example, if I coach competitors and I lose five weeks in a row, I'm very hard on myself because I say, well, like now people start to trust you a little bit less. Your word means a little bit less. So it's not that I want to win so badly because it's for my ego, but it's because I know that if I am not consistent and I'm not disciplined on myself with my work, well then when a guy like you comes to me, he might have some doubt, right? And Really, the reason why you got in shape is because there were no doubt, there were no uncertain, there was no uncertainty in the process. So you got started and you and you believed in the system. And when somebody mm-hmm. believes in the system, they end up doing the work. You're gonna you're gonna approach it with 100 percent effort, 100 percent enthusiasm. Like the energy is there, everything is there. But if you entered it with like, I don't know if this guy really got me in shape, and I was just focusing solely on selling you and trying to hook you because I'm good at sales, but not really good at my work well, then we probably wouldn't even get to that point. So it's like what I do before we even work together makes it much easier so that we can, we can get to that point where you're, we're not even focusing on the ifs, but can I, any of that? It's just solely let's get to work. And the person comes with a hundred percent effort.
1: Yeah. That's a very, very good point. And you know um, that's why I got to the level of success and now I'm going to Uh, to go for a a competition as well. And I told you, I don't really care whether I win or lose. And I think I may need to change my attitude about that. I think I need to go, I I need to, I need to care. I need to care Mm -hmm. and that'll step up everything. That'll step up how I focus on it. You know, I'll weigh everything out to the gram. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm uh, one day going, oh, well, I don't have quite enough sweet potato. You know what? I'll cut 50 grams of bread. I'll add it to the sweet potato, which I've done a few times and things like that. I got to change my attitude about that because that's going to get me to the next level. So I I, I think what you just said here, I really appreciate it because I learned something. It's fundamental for, for the coach. So for me and my work to be consistent with my work so that I have faith in it and people can pick up that faith and belief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And I think even to touch on something good you just said, which is like, uh, obviously, you're very introspective. Like you need you need you need to change your belief about what you're doing and you know this is what i i tell clients is like when they you know when we start getting going with a show like do it to win because it's not about winning or losing ultimately you know we can't control that depends who shows up all these different things but if you approach it with the mindset of like i don't really care if i win i want to do this for the experience the end result's going to look very different yeah yeah. you know if you approach it with i'm going to win everything you do is going to look a bit different maybe your workouts are 10 20 better because your, your goals to win your, you're not cutting corners. You're not adding little things. You're not skipping little things. Like you're making it a priority. And when you make that the goal to win a priority, it's not about winning, but it is about how you, how you approach the process as a result of having that belief system or that goal. Right. I think naturally we just do it because we're scared, right? Like I'm like, I don't want to fail at anything. And I never thought I feared failure until I listened to the words that I say, right? Like I don't walk around thinking I fear failure. But sometimes when I hear certain words, I say, "I do, I must feel fear, fear, failure." Or I wouldn't say that, you know. It's indicative of, of my belief system. So, I think that always, like you know, I, I say to my athletes, "Go all in!" Like, forget all this like nonsense. Just go all in. Like, you have to have skin in the game. You have to have something to lose. And even if it's a blow to your ego, you need to have that to lose because that's going to ignite you.
1: I'm in. We're winning. And that no was. board shorts. I want to show those legs off. Let's roll. <laughs> You need to, you have good legs. (laughs) That's it, bro. I'm Rocky now, man. Let's put on the music. There's a theme song every morning. We're going to play the song and get up and do my shit. I love it. Woo. This is good, man. I learned something really powerful today. I really appreciate it. So, Amr, um, there was a few other things you said earlier on, and I've been taking some notes here. And I think this is important for people to really, really hear. Um, You had limiting beliefs and you did the work on yourself to understand that you had limiting beliefs. And then you said, I'm going to reconstruct myself with new beliefs. I'd really like Mm -hmm. you to break that down into a lot more detail because I think everybody needs to understand how important this is.
0: Mm -hmm. I think similarly to you, we've spoken about this. I never really felt like I accomplished anything. I felt like I could be good at anything. I felt like I was pretty good at most things. I felt like, it, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I I was never like a true winner. I, I can do something. I can be pretty good at it. But I never really won. You know, like I, I, would, I would, you know, anything I per- pursued, I was like, okay, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe I'm fifth place. Maybe I'm sixth. Maybe I'm fourth. You know, even with business, it's like I was doing good. But I wasn't like. I don't know what it was. It was like something inside of me holding me back. And again, I felt like it was like I was fearing that failure. Right. I was always and, and what I when I deconstruct it, what I was doing, I was passing off responsibility to other people. Right. In different parts of my life, I'd hire an employee and unconsciously I was hiring that employee so that I can blame them if things went wrong. That was why I was failing in everything that I did. I was like yeah. always shying away from responsibility. And ultimately, that's I think one of the biggest things that makes you the, the differentiate differentiates you being a man or a boy, right? I was like, I never want to be fully responsible for the outcome. So unconsciously and naturally, I would just give it away. I would give away that power. I'd give away that responsibility. That way, when things went south, I would say, ah, it's because this guy didn't do his job. It's because that person didn't do this, that person. And that's the same thing I'm, I'm telling you about the belief of winning. It's like you can always say I didn't really fail because I didn't really go all in. But if I did go all in, I, I would have been successful. Right. Like it's these lies we tell ourselves and it's to preserve our egos. And I was doing it all the time throughout my life with everything. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to go 100 percent in this. And I remember it was like I didn't really experience any success until I turned pro. Right. Like in my life, I was pretty good, but I never really experienced success. I wasn't like exceptional at anything. I wasn't validated for anything. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go all in on this like 100 percent. I'm going to eat perfectly. I'm going to do everything possible. I was 21 years old. And I did it, you know, and then I ended up winning. I shocked myself. I turned pro. And from there I realized the power of going all in, you know, and, and I'm not saying I naturally just did that from that point forward. There's always times where I got to correct myself in life because naturally we want to revert to, uh, to being comfortable. We want to revert to having an easy life and, and, and being complacent. So I have to keep reminding myself and rewiring that part of myself because it's a natural weakness. And, um, you know, when I won, I realized like you, 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 you know, as cliche and as this may sound manifestation and all these things, like you really can manifest anything that you want, obviously, if you work for it, but you know, you have to go all in it on whatever it is that you want. And like, I suffered for it. Like I, I remember for like 16 weeks, I ate nothing but just white fish, you know, was it, is it the best approach? It's not, it, it, it's not the best approach to take, but I wanted to make sure that I, did everything in my power i cut no corners and i and i truly had no pleasure throughout that process to ensure that you know i did everything i can even when i want even when i needed a cheat meal for example because obviously in bodybuilding you need cheat meals sometimes to stimulate your metabolism and all that i would make sure that i never ate anything that i enjoyed because i wanted to make sure everything i was doing was for purpose and not pleasure right because we can easily lie to ourselves especially if you're coaching yourself you'd say ah. Uh, uh, I need a burger this week. It's good for my metabolism. But like, so when I did need the burger for my metabolism, I'd eat like uh, biscuits, things that I didn't even like. They were high in sugar. There were carbs, all that. But it wasn't something I enjoyed. I wanted to make sure I w- there was no enjoyment in that process. I want to eliminate all of that. So it was 100%. I was doing everything I possibly could. And I realized by doing that, that you are developed and made through the process of doing things, not the end result. It's not about the win. Whether I won or lost that day, it wasn't about that. It's going all in. That's where you are made. That's where you are developed. That's where your personality, that's where your identity is formed. It's like who who you become in the process is more important than where you're going.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. That's where you are made. It's all about the process and That's really, really very true. You know, during, during the weight loss phase of of our work together, um, there was a point where the diet that I was on was very Spartan. There was pretty much no carbs except, um, after the workout, I got to have a banana with the protein shake and the first meal, there was a third of a cup of oats. The rest of it was basically meat and veggies <laughs> and not starchy veggies either, right? Meat and veggies. And I like meat. Meat's good. I'm not saying I don't like meat. I actually really like meat, but it was Spartan and, and, I, and, I, and I got into a zone with it. It was like, okay, this is what I'm having. This is how much. I'm done at this time. Fuck it. Go to bed, right? So I realized that one of the times in which I would get up uh, and start to snack in the past was when I sat down and I was watching TV or I was watching something on, on, on YouTube or whatever, right? So you know what I did for that period of time? No TV, no fucking YouTube. Go straight to bed. Go to bed, have a jug of water next to me. If I get hungry, drink that fucking water. That's that's all I started to do. So yeah, this makes sense. I, I appreciate how you're illuminating all this because I think it's super, super important. Um, So, Emmer, when you have an athlete and they decide they're fucking going all in, right? Describe the process for me of how that shifts them and how they show up and what they do and how it's done it for you. Because I think this would be very valuable for people to understand. Mm -hmm. So, I I think the primary difference
0: between the people that win and the people that don't win I could see it in them. Right. I can hear it in them. I can read it in their words before they even get to that point. Right. And it's like, you're already deflecting, you're already preparing to lose or you're already preparing to win. You know, uh, you know, the last girl that I turned pro, she actually wrote me a card before she turned pro and gave it to me. And then she said, open it after the show. Right. And in the card, she had wrote like, thank you for helping me turn pro. She already knew. Right. And I think that when you were so it, it's people that are so connected to their outcome, like it's not about the outcome you're developed in the process, but you also need to be connected to the, the end goal so much. And you start with the end in mind and you work backwards from there, because when you have that pulling you, everything that you do becomes an easy decision to make on a daily basis. Right. It's easy to to, you know, you don't ever need to ask me, hey, is this good for me? Is eating this food good for me? You're going to know the answer when you're so connected to the outcome. You're going to know that like, I don't need to do that. Like, is it better if I train like this or if it's better to train like that? You're going to know the answer when you're connected to the outcome, right? When you know that like winning is the goal here, everything else eliminates itself. You don't need to ask any of those questions. You already naturally and intuitively ha- have all the answers that you need. And I think the pri- the primary difference with people is that they're so connected to that end that they are you know largely they already know that they're going to win they work with a different level of, of work ethic and a different level mindset you know they approach their goals they approach their days in a very specific way um you know they're very detail oriented about what they do you know they're not so passive about it and honestly they're not it's not a lot of talk about it you know they're not talking they're not saying things to me trying to convince me or convince themselves you know they they, they know that um as much as they're connected to it, and this is going to be a weird thing to say, they're also disconnected from it, right? Because being connected to it will pull you, but being too connected to something and, and that outcome will also um, can also create a lot of anxiety for people, right? So it's like being so detached from things as well. It's like, well, whether I win or not doesn't really matter. Having that mindset at the same time. So it's like a dichotomy of... Knowing you're going to win, believing you're going to win, but at the same time being so disconnected because often for people
1: that overwhelms them. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, it totally makes sense. Just making me think about the shit that I can bring into what I'm doing now. So I really appreciate this because this is a little bit of an extended coaching session for me as well as a podcast interview. So there you go. So, you know, it's very interesting, Amber, I, I... when we achieved this result together it it made me start to think just like you were saying that i'd been pretty good at a lot of things this was the first thing in a long time that was a big win like this was an uh you know unadulterated unmistakable massive outcome and i thought where else can i do this and i started to look for what else i needed to look at so one of the things I wanted to get better at was inside my relationship, because my relationship was pretty good. And mm-hmm. anyways, I hired this man um, named Steve Richmond. I hired him by attending one of his courses, right? He's an older fellow. He's uh, like 69 years old. He's, uh, he's been in a few marriages. He's worked with a bunch of men. I've even worked with him before, but I wasn't ready for what he had to say. I was in this course and he was talking about what's love to a man, what's love to a woman. And I'm, I'm going okay, so tell me. So he said, love to a man is being accepted. Love to a woman is feeling taken care of. And so this was a course for men. And so he asked us all, he said, if you're in a committed relationship, does your woman feel taken care of by you? And then he went through a bunch of questions that would help you determine whether she did. And I just looked at, at, at the questions and I was getting increasingly uncomfortable because I'm like, fuck no, she doesn't feel taken care of by me. In fact, quite the opposite. And I just I just like stood up and I said, You've been a dick in the relationship. You've not been, you've not been a man who makes his woman feel taken care of. And in that moment, I made that decision. Fuck it. I'm going to make her feel taken care of, whatever it takes. And so I I sat down and I, I instantly, it, I was all in on this decision. Like you said, all in, like no, not up to her, all up to me. You know what I mean? So anyways, I called her up and um, the next day, because this was a late night course. And, you know, I didn't want to call her at like midnight to say, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, wake up. And the next day I called her and I said, look, I really need to see you because I have something important to talk to you about. And it was not a day where we would see each other. It was not one of those days, right? It was a day where she's busy at work. And I told her, I'd really like you to, to, to take some time to meet with me. And so I told her, I said, look, I just learned this and I understand that I've not been making you feel taken care of. And that ends now. And, um, Here's what's amazing since that happened. Yeah. We haven't had one fight. Not one. And Emma, mm-hmm. we fought every couple of days before that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this has been weeks and weeks and weeks. She feels amazing. Like fucking amazing. She calls me and tells me, I don't know, I don't know if you know what you've done for me, but since she goes, I feel so taken care of. I feel so cherished. I feel like you, you're you trying very hard to understand me. And now here's the fucking coolest thing. I also work with her. We started to make more money. Less friction between us, more money flowed in. Who the fuck could have thought of that, right? And if you, if you think about that, for me, what I'm starting to see out of the, the power of going all in in one area causes other areas to start to get better too. Have you noticed that?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that it, it's large for me at least. I'll speak on my my behalf, but I could see even maybe with where you were even in that relationship, right? Like it's like we have a victim mindset. That's why you know we have a victim. Or like the victim mindset for you maybe was like, oh, you're fighting because you want to blame the other person instead of going going within. Right. Like instead of like saying like, I, you're like, ah, she's this and she's that. And she's, she has attitude or she has like, it's so easy to do that. Like they have this and they don't do what I want when I this, but like, you're never looking at what you do, you know? And I don't really care what someone else does because I I have no place to judge or say anything until I really make sure that I'm doing everything possible. Right. And I think that I'll tell you a, a story, like, so that it's, it's relatable to you in that sense. It's like, I've been coaching for, um, let's say 11 years, maybe, you know, I've had a business for 11 years and somebody asked me recently, they said, you know, how long have you been doing this? I said, I could say about 11 years, but honestly, too, if I am going to be hundred percent truthful, honestly, too. And I turned people pro even before those two years, but like, I wasn't fully all in until about two years ago. I said to myself, I'm not going to have anybody else that works for me in this part of my business where I'm coaching athletes. Because every time I have somebody, I naturally want to give them a little bit more responsibility. But I recognize that's my own weakness of wanting to blame somebody if things go south.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm 100% responsible. But at the same time, I'm going to make sure I show up every day 100% the absolute best I can, regardless how I feel, regardless of anything. And every time I do that, I see massive results. Like just win, 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 win. And like I can replicate that all the time. But it's only because I choose to be all in. And all in, I mean, getting up at the same time every day, even as a coach, getting up every uh, every day at the same time, like checking every box, replying to people promptly, making sure that I'm taking care of all the small details that maybe I would overlook because I'm having a bad day or I'm tired, or I don't think it really matters at the end of the day because everything matters. You know, it's very easy to believe that like that one little decision is not gonna make the biggest difference. I say to my employees all the time, don't have your hands in your pockets. Don't walk around holding a cup when you're training somebody. Don't have your phone in your hand when you're training somebody. Oh, like, well, does it really matter if you have your cup in your hand when you're talking to somebody? It doesn't. But having a cup in the hand, then next time having a phone in the hand, next time having your hands in your pocket, not wearing a nice shirt, wearing slippers, and all these things accumulate. It's accrued. You know, 1,000 decisions times 1% makes a huge, huge difference. So you're not going all in. Like you have to be all in with everything that you do. Every single part of everything that you do, your DNA has to be all in. And when we started doing that and I started being strict on that and disciplined on on all these parts of myself. And then with my employees, I see like massive, everyone's happier. The, The work is so much easier. There's so many less problems in my business. There's not this back and forth and wasted time and problems. So I'm like, it actually make things easier. That's why I don't believe in these egalitarian societies of like, oh, just do whatever you want, and everyone's the same, and everyone's equal. I do not believe in that at all because there needs to be direction, there needs to be leadership, there needs to be decision making, there needs to be all of that, and 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 and, and for good reason, right? Like, uh, like, sure. Do I believe governments should exist? Absolutely. Do I believe the government we have should exist? Absolutely not. But I do believe there <laughs> is a place. <laughs> right? I do believe there's a place for government, right? A collective. I do believe. Because people need that guidance, people need that direction. And I think that, you know, people just go through life so passively. You know, I couldn't imagine just going through, like, when I'm going through life passively, Passively, I'm dead, I'm a zombie. I have nothing in me, I have no enthusiasm, I have nothing to give anyone. You know, but when I go through life with intent, all in, like, I'm trying to be the absolute best at something, I, like, I spark a fire in other people around me. That's another example of like, being able to benefit from going all in and see the benefit in other areas of your life. Like even when I win shows all the time, all my other employees are fired up even though they're not coaching competitors, but they come in with a different level of enthusiasm and belief and attitude toward their work because you're in a culture of winning. You know, I had an employee that worked for me and you know, sometimes, you know, a few of these, you know, when they, when they, when they don't work for me anymore, they have some of the clients still with them and you know, it's fine. And one of the guys emailed our message the other day on Instagram and said, I want to come back to Hammer Fitness. I work with this coach and I want to come back because like I'm I consider myself a winner and I want to be around winners. That's like you you created a, a an organization of winners. Mm-hmm. And people want to be a part of that. You know, it's infectious to people. So, you know, never underestimate the power that you have. And obviously, you know that your sons are, you know, are great and you know, influenced by you, you know, largely because you know, I know you always, you're so proud of your kids and you tell me about your son's soccer and all this and, um, and how well he does. And it's like, well, you know, how, how different would your son be if he didn't have you? You know, how different would both of your sons be if they didn't have you? You know, who knows? Maybe he'd be better. Maybe he would be worse, right? Like we don't know the answer. We never know. And that's why I never look at my life and say, did I make the right decision or wrong decision? Like what? I don't really know. I made decisions and I am where I am and I'm just going to work based on this starting point today, right? But obviously you did play a large role and you do play a large role in obviously the relationships you have and all that. And that's the same for me, right? And I think that I can never measure it. This is the point I'm making. You know, I can never measure. Like maybe my employees would be a lot better if I wasn't part of this business. I don't know, right? We'll never know. But like I just control how I show up every day and if I show up with 100%, as hard as that is, that fucking sucks. You know that more than anyone. It sucks. Thanks, thanks. Do that every single day because 90% of the time I don't want to do it. 90% of the time I'm at the gym. I'm like, why am I here? 90% of the time, I'm like, I don't want to have to say to somebody, do this or do that, or I, I don't want to naturally do those things. I want to be comfortable. I want to be weak. I want to be complacent. I want to that's naturally how I'm hardwired, right? And like yeah. I'm going through a lifetime of fighting that. Just like, no, stop being weak. Do the thing you don't want to do. Say the thing you sh- you don't feel like saying, you know, like you're always avoiding confrontation or conflict. Like all these things I avoid, I just force myself to do because I understand that it has this tangential benefit.
1: Yeah. Inside the work of men that, uh, that we do, we call um, this condition that you just described, the lazy loiterer. So he's lazy and he loiters. He doesn't do anything. That's the natural condition of a man is to be a lazy loiterer. And I think you can apply that to women too. The natural condition is that. And it takes something to consciously choose and decide not to be that and be someone else. And I thank you for the kind words about my sons. Yes, and they need mentors outside of me. I mean, Kayvon's success in, in a big way has been facilitated by Coach Alan Vukobrad, who was on my men's podcast this week. And, uh, you know, I'll send you a, a clip from that show. He's amazing. Uh, and calmron has been coached by people in hockey, uh, and, and that's been important. And honestly, if, if for whatever reason Kayvon's soccer career doesn't take off as quickly as he wants it to, I'm going to tell him, son, Go and work. Go work. I'd love for him to come work with someone like you and learn how to sell. You know what I mean? Because that's what kids need is they need to be in an environment not run by their mom and dad that's going to teach them how to how to win, how to have the mindset of a freaking winner. Because honestly, Amber, what you're doing, as much as it is about health and fitness and body transformation, more than anything else, it, it's a... It, it, it's a lecture, it's a series of lectures and a course curriculum on how to win in life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, fitness is not just about fitness. Something I tell my clients all the time, right? It's not just about fitness. I had, I was at a gym this morning and a guy came up to me and he said, hey, you're Amra. I've watched your videos for many years. He says, I do help, I work in mental health like Cam H now. And he said like, and, and it's crazy because 10 years ago when I was watching your video at that time, you were talking about a lot of the things within fitness that I apply to my work today in KMH with mental health, you know, it's like yeah. there's so many overlap and there's so much overlap in, in, in all of that. And it's, it, it's all the same mind, body. It's all the same. Your mind is your body. They're interconnected. Right. And I think that the more you can be present and the more that you can be in the moment and the more that you can like be, be, you know, connected to your body. And this is a big thing too. The people that I, that, 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 that I work with that are, are some of the best are the ones that can connect to their body. Okay. And physically, and I'm not just saying that it's like, okay, you're so good at connecting to your body and that's why they become good competitors. But I think that there are a lot of um, parallels between people that can connect with their body and that are aware they have awareness and, and they're present, right? Someone that's so disconnected from reality typically has a hard time connecting to their body. They've created this like a cognitive disconnect. So they're like, their mind is out of their body. And then it shows up even in their training. Like they're like, oh, I'm doing this and I can't feel it. I can't feel it. And it's like, it's all starting to make sense to me. You're so disconnected from reality. And that's why you have a hard time even feeling your own muscles when you work out. Because you're not there. You're not present. You gotta be present in everything that you do. I think that that's one of the biggest biggest shifts in these two years of my work is that I've been present. That's one thing I lacked before. I was always disconnected. I was always focused on other things. And that's why people have a hard time talking to me now more than ever in my life because I'm so present in my work that I'm like disconnected from everything else. But I love living that way. I, w- I saw a video the other day and, uh, you know, Michael, I don't know if it was coach or mentor or someone who said the one thing that made Michael Jordan so great. And it like, I already had this thought before I even saw this video and they said like, number one thing is he was so present when he was playing, he was there. You cannot be here and there at the same time. No, you know, and I realized that I was trying to be everywhere, and that's why you know more than anyone. I say no to everything. You know, you ask me, hey, yeah. do you want to do a podcast? I'm like, no. And it's like I would love to do it, honestly, but it's like I, I'm only even doing it now. Well, obviously, you know, like I love you, but I'm only doing the podcast now because the show season is over, right? Like that's yeah. the that it's not, I can do it now, but when I'm in that mode, I don't want to be out of it. I don't want to be thinking about anything else. I don't want to be distracted. Like that is the hardest thing for me. I am the king of distraction, like <laughs> biting on distraction. I am the king of biting into pleasure. I'm the king of that. Like I want to say yes. To, like the hardest thing for me to learn was to be able to say no to everything. And I just make it like a blanket thing now. I say no to everything. It's like I don't want someone thinking I said yes to you and no to you. And like, so, no, 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 Sorry, sorry. And, and you you know, I've said that to you many times. Like I want to do yeah. it. i just – would it really affect me. It wouldn't, but it's like, I just need to make sure that I'm doing everything possible and not finding pleasure in other areas. I need to get pleasure from the thing that I do by being good at it, not by finding it in something else, not by coming on your podcast and then people say, Oh, wow, you're so great. You're this or the, or, or even the opposite, right? Like people might say you're terrible, but regardless, I need to stay focused and get only what I'm trying to get out of the thing that I'm trying to be the best at nothing else. And that's where I realized like, uh, you know, most, you know, guys are people I work with, you know, where they, you know where they fail, not before they succeed. They fail after they succeed. They get to a certain level. These people, you know, they start getting girls, they start making more money. They start getting more attention. They start getting all that. And they can never be great again. They can never replicate that again because now they're distracted. So many more people want them on a podcast. So many more people want them in a magazine. So many more people want to, you know, and it's like, you're pulled in every direction. How do you, how are you supposed to be better at the next level while you have
1: more things pulling you down? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because it made me think like the success that I had with losing the weight, that's the most dangerous thing to the success that I want in becoming, you know, a fully balanced, symmetrical looking man. Like I think to myself, yeah, that I, I bought a little bit of my own bullshit with that. And I need to fucking say, fuck that. You're just a beginner again. Shut the fuck up. You're no, nobody special. Get to mm-hmm. work. <laughs> really, that's the attitude. Of the people who win, Michael Jordan, Tim Grover was his was his personal coach, right? He runs programs, and I did a couple of his programs. And Tim said this, but not until this moment did I make the connection. When Michael Jordan fucking won his first championship, he gave himself a day to really enjoy it. The next fucking day, he called Tim and said, "We're in the gym. We're in the fucking gym. Let's go. I'm not going to fucking win my second championship by taking the whole summer off."
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. People take their foot off the gas. That's why you see in my pictures. People always say to me, how come you're not smiling? How come you're not smiling? Honestly, I don't want like I, I'm i not where I want to be. That's the honest truth. I'm not there yet. And I don't want to like stop. I'm like back as soon as like I, I win shows with these clients. I'm like in my emails right away replying to people for next week. like people that are competing next week or in three weeks. Like I'm like, I need to keep this going. And, you know, that's a, that uh, success is is the biggest killer for most people, you know, having some level of success, even it's like, oh, I'm good. It validates you. I'm good. I, I, I don't need to, you know, and it's like it, it depends what you're driven by. You know, I, maybe a guy I work with, he turns pro. He's driven by the fact that he never got girls. Suddenly he turns pro. Now he gets girls. What do you think happens to him? He doesn't care anymore to, to no, be better. He's like He's I got what I was looking for. That's a big thing, too. When I'm working with athletes, like what are they driven by? is key. Because if they get it along the way, they're not going to, they're going to stop. They're not going to keep going. Right. There are some people that are just driven by something intrinsic that it's not girls. It's not money. It's not validation. It's not pleasure. It's not any of those things. Those are the people that go the furthest. Because if you're driven by validation, you're going to get it very quick. You win one show, you get it very quick. You're done. You don't have that drive anymore. You know, you're driven by the fact uh, lack of you didn't get, uh, you know, attention from women. You suddenly you get it now because you, you're good at something, and you know that you're gonna get it. You're, you naturally become yeah. good at something. You're popular. Guess, guess what happens? You're done. Yeah,
1: I just got a little charley horse while we were talking. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is this is fucking fantastic. Honestly, fantastic. I really appreciate what you've been sharing with me because for me this is a masterclass in what I need to do in order to win the fucking competition and to get to the next level. And this is what I need to apply everywhere. This is what I need to apply inside my relationship with my woman. You know what? For five weeks, we've been six weeks, we've been fucking doing great. And now I'm like, okay, I can relax. I don't need to be as focused on, no, 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 fuck that, man. Fuck that. You need to be even more focused on making sure she feels taken care of. You need to be even more focused on Uh, having her feel cared for and that also applies to my workouts also applies to eating also applies to what i need to do so you know what this is fucking fantastic as far as i'm concerned this has been one of the most valuable interviews i've done for me and i know that my listener is going to love it as well um i do a lot of podcasts i am a guest on a lot of shows and I host my show three times a week. And I do it for two reasons. One is, I'm a curious person. So when I get to have a conversation with someone who is truly the best at what they do, like you, really this is an opportunity for me to learn. And I'm very grateful for that, every single time. Two, though the shows, are good for my brand inside my business. Because I teach thought leadership. I teach about how to take the essential genius of you and turn that into a fantastic level of business, even if you already have a fantastic business to take it to a whole new level. So what this allows me to do is to build my brand. And it also allows me to get better at it because I'm doing this three times a fucking week. You know, most people don't do three episodes a week. So this this really helps. And then. The other thing that I do is I go on other people's shows a lot. And most people go on shows just because they want to feel good. They want to they want to have a conversation. They go, oh, it was great. I was on the show. I got to talk. I go on shows to build business relationships with people. I go be a guest on a show because that's usually a businessman. That's usually a businesswoman. And that's an opportunity for me to meet somebody that I could potentially do business with. So for me, I'm looking at what i do inside that and listening to what you say and i go yeah that's why i do all of that now i'm going to bring the overlay of understanding that i do podcasts for a purpose and i want to be the best podcast host in the world and i want to be the best podcast guest in the world and that's my goal i'm not there yet but i'm gonna get there and i'm gonna make sure that i do this in such a fashion that allows me to continue to grow my brand and continue to grow my business because that's my purpose for, for doing them. So thank you for bringing this to my, to my consciousness brother, because it's, it's very helpful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to be reminded more than we need to be taught, right? Like you already know, we already know most of the things in life are not new to us. We already know we just need to be reminded over and over. And you know, that's why I listen to the same things over and over the same audio books, the same, you know, I'm just reminding myself over and over.
1: You know, that's pretty brilliant, what you just said. I'm going to I'm going to post that somewhere. We need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Uh, Yeah, it's very, very true. So, Emmer, if people are listening to this Mm -hmm. and they own a business and they're thinking to themselves, Okay, I like what Amra has to say, but how do I apply going all in for athletics to business? Mm -hmm. What would your answer be to that? I think
0: one of the biggest things is discomfort, right? Embracing discomfort, exposing yourself to discomfort. That's where change happens. You know, whether you're lifting a weight whether you're having conversations with people, whether, whether it's a conflict with people, that's where change happens. That's where growth happens in that discomfort phase, right? Like you, you, you lift 30 pounds all the time. Well, like there's no discomfort there because your body adapts to that stimulus. You know, if you and I are just joking around all day, well, our brains adapt to that. And there's, there's no real challenge to us, but like growth and change happen in the the discomfort of things, right? Having a hard conversation with each other, showing up and saying, Hey, I didn't like when you did this, or I didn't, I don't appreciate when you talk to me like this, creating boundaries potentially, right? Like that's where growth happens internally and even externally for the other person. So in relationships, right? So discomfort is a big one. Um, The second biggest thing is, is, you know, getting rid of that victim mentality. You know, removing a victim mentality in life, just completely getting rid of it. I'm responsible for everything that happens in my life, good or bad. And the reason why I want to know that when bad things happen, it was my fault is because that gives me the understanding and the insight that, well, if bad things happen, when bad things happen, it's my fault. That clearly means I'm in control of making great things happen in my life, right? I'm in control. I'm the reason. I'm I I'm the one that creates the consequence. I'm the one that creates the 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 effect through the cause. So if every time I do something bad, and that's why I love seeing it, like I, I that I get I, I get the consequence for my bad actions, because then I'm like, you know what? If I just apply this same formula to good things, well then good things are gonna happen in my life. All I have to do is show up properly and make the right decisions and and and, and have good values and have good behavior, and then I'm gonna be rewarded for that. Right. And then the third thing is a little bit more spiritual, which is like just be grateful. Honestly, the biggest thing that drives me every day in life is to to work hard is that I'm just I feel blessed that I have the opportunity to wake up. Like I look at it as like every time I open my eyes I'm like, holy shit, I got another day. Like like the alternative is that I have no days. And then you know, I'd rather go through some of the worst days than have no days. So even when I'm going through things that are very bad and hard and challenging and, you know, um, as shitty as they may be, I still say to myself, well, I'd rather go through this than nothing at all. So having that point of reference for me really helps to keep me going. And I think just being grateful, you know, as uh, cliche as it may be, you got to be grateful for every day because that's what energizes me. It's like I have another opportunity and I'm not going to waste it.
1: You know, these are these are fantastic. The, the, these will be your expert action steps because they're fantastic. Embracing discomfort, absolutely, that's where the growth happens. Having the hard conversations, absolutely, that's where the growth in relationships happen. Uh, you know, removing the victim mentality, renouncing the victim mentality, that really is very powerful because when I take responsibility for the bad things that have come to me in my life, it totally means that the good things that have come to me in my life have been within my sphere of control. So that's powerful. And being grateful, like, shit, dude, there's fucking wars going on around the world, man. Poor people are dying in Ukraine and the Middle East right now. Good people who with through no fault of their own are dying because assholes are doing stupid shit out there. So, <laughs> you know, that's not happening to me. I'm grateful for that. That's that's powerful, powerful stuff. So, Amr, if someone is listening to this interview and they're going fuck man this Ammer dude he sounds pretty fucking awesome and you you know if he helped nicky lose 58 pounds imagine what the fuck he can do for me and i want to get a hold of him what's the process for them to do that
0: yeah i typically suggest that people just uh follow me on social media on instagram or facebook you know i don't um And I think that before anyone, you know, jumps to like, oh, I want to work with him or anything like that. I like that people are a little bit exposed to what I do, you know, prior. I think that's important that you like follow me a little bit and just see what I do and, you know, kind of get a a good idea there. Um, You know, I'm not like, it's not like I, I'm not always trying to take on clients. It's not, that's not where I'm at right now, but I, you know, if people are right fit and whatnot, and I think that I can help them, I definitely will. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Amer the Hammer or on Facebook Amer Camera. You can just search Amer Camera on both A M E R last name K A M R A, and then uh, you'll be able to find me easily on both. And you know you can just follow me, well, subscribe to my content, and you'll you'll see a little bit about what I do and the work that I do.
1: You know I really like your fucking workout videos on IG. I gotta say I, I like when you show people in the contest, and that's what actually got me to come to you in the first place. But I fucking love it when you go. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do 140 pound dumbbell bench press. I go, holy shit, is he really gonna be able to do that? I gotta watch this. <laughs> Fuck me. And I go, yeah, he fucking did it. I'm like, okay, all right, shit. Okay, I better step up my fucking weight by you know X factor tomorrow, right? Because that always comes to me is that I need to push myself a little bit harder. Today I was in the gym. I did shoulders, and uh, I realized that um, when I um, and somebody who uh, focuses on improving myself, it's because I've been inspired by somebody to go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? And usually somebody who I admire, somebody who I respect. So I, I like watching your stuff for that reason. I, I also watch Dorian Yates. That fucker on IG posts some of his old shit from back in the day when he was working out. Oh my fucking God, that guy was a beast, right? But he, he is, he is crazy. At least he was crazy. He seems a lot more relaxed now than he was back then. Oh, like man. the amount of weight that that man moved nuts, absolutely nuts. So I really enjoy your, your content for that reason. So thanks for that. I follow you. I definitely think that they should follow you. And I'll say this to my listener. It's, um, It's the end of 2023. When we record this, this will probably come out in early 2024, but if you've been telling yourself for years, I don't like the shape that I'm in and I'm worried and nervous about what this means for my future health, then do something about it. Do something about it. And at the very least, go check out what Amber's doing. And, uh, if you're ready to take action either contact him or contact his companies and, and, and one of his coaches will be able to work with you and help you. The results I've gotten have been tremendous. I can't say enough about the work that you do. What's uh, important to me in working with a, uh, a mentor is I want them to be the best at what they do. That's my conceit. I'm not looking to work with an average person. I'm looking to work with the very best. and You are the very best at what you do. I put together a list of my GOAT mentors, the greatest of all time in various areas and health and fitness. Hammer, the hammer camera is the man. So please listener, make sure that you go. And at the very least, check this man out, see what he's all about. But at the very most, if you're ready to take action, if you're ready to make a decision, then do more than that, more than check out his content, actually get in touch with him or some of the people on his team and get started what are you waiting for why are you carrying around extra weight you don't want to be carrying around extra weight why are you feeling less than your best you deserve to live life as the best version of yourself and without your health and your fitness being fully optimized you can never be that so make sure that you do that you take advantage of uh, the greatness that this man has to offer brother i love you too man thanks for coming on the show really great to have you here
0: Thank you so much for everything, Nikki.
1: Yeah, man, you bet. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about the one and only Amber the Hammer, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. We're going to put all the links there for his Instagram, his Facebook, his website, and all that other good stuff. And honestly, if you want to come have a chat with me about my experience, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to have a chat with you about that. And if this episode was meaningful for you, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review, but share it with somebody that you know needs to hear the message. We take clips from the episode, so the clips are easy to share. But everything that Amher said today is binge-worthy and worthy of sitting down at a desk with a notebook and a pen and taking notes with, so make sure that you do that. Until next time, goodbye.